Hi everyone, thanks for listening and tuning into this episode of Pump Fakes and Hot Takes. The week that this episode is coming out should fall on the 26th of January, um, which, uh, for those of you who know, is the one-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death. And if you know me, you know that I'm a huge Kobe fan, and not just because of you know his performance playing basketball, but just who he was as a person, the things he says in his interviews, and I found him to be a very inspiring and very well-spoken and thought-out person. Um, so on the one-year anniversary of his death, I would like to share with you one of the lessons that I learned from him. Or, yeah, one of the many le- lessons I've learned from listening to Kobe Bryant. Um, I hope it helps, and it is very simple. It is control what you can control. Um it sounds very simple when you kind of think about it or even say it, um, but it's very effective in kind of its message. Um, we all have goals and, and things that we're striving towards in life, and it's very easy to kind of get caught up in, you know, the outcomes that we want or how stressful the process is or, um, you know, whatever big picture that you're looking at, whether you're going to school and, and, you know, trying to figure out how to get the best possible results or applying for a job or even in your current job and or trying to see success in that. Um, it's very easy to kind of get lost in the weeds of what other people are doing, what other people are saying, as well as your own um, goals and where you want to be. Um, and the philosophy is very simple, just control what you can control um don't worry too much about what else is out there don't worry too much about um you know the outcome of the situation that you want or potential outcomes that you don't want just focus on the process control exactly what you can control um and more often than not you will get the results that you want and even when you don't get the results that you want, if you did do everything in your power to control everything that you can control, then you can live in peace knowing that you tried your absolute hardest. And also you probably would have found out exactly, you know, what went wrong. Then next time you'd be able to do even better and, you know, get that pers- get that outcome that you wanted. Um, so, as I said, very simple, control what you can control. And um, I guess RIP to Kobe Bryant, a hero of mine, a mentor of mine from afar. Um, Let's get into this episode. Thanks, guys. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. All right, let's get it done. Welcome, 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 everyone, to episode seven of Pump Six. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 7 of Pump Fakes and Hot Takes. This is Chisom coming at you. With me today, we've got the zookeeper himself, Noble. Nah. And, <laughs> and we, of my life. What can I say? We've got, you know what? It's me. Yep. And we've got Vino as well. How you doing today, guys? I'm good, bro. I'm good. As Noble says, IT support. So you, know, you see how you get you see how you get no titles? I just oh, want you to note oh. that. Mm, mm. Stay in your place, you no, next fan. No titles, like like Man United <laughs> is gonna get no titles this season. You can stay on the top of the league for your Ooh. three, four five, no titles like Arsenal has known for how long? Don't talk to me, bro. When's your last Premier League title? When we went un- unbeaten. 
which no other team has ever done in history. Do you remember? Yeah. When you're alive, bro. Yeah, when we asked you who was your daddy and you said Arsenal. No, but I'm asking, was you alive back then? I don't think he was alive. I was alive. That's a long time ago. I was you're alive. Going back I was into the breathing. annals of history, bro. I was breathing. I was running up and down. I was doing all sorts of things, bro. Don't worry about me. <laughs> you dig, you dig. The man's ancient is what he's trying to say. Uh, how's exactly. everyone? How's everyone's weeks going? What's what's popping? Is, is there anything? Any news? No, but I know you're back in school. How's that going? First of all, they they get offended over here when you say school, you know. Uh, they really get offended. They're like, oh my god, what are you? Are you a pedophile? You go to school? No, you go to uni. That's how the stupid ass Brits think. Yeah? Yeah. I, well, I'm way, oh, wait. I mean, no offense to my British audience out there. Yeah. Shout, <laughs> shout out love to all of y'all. <laughs> but no offense. Uh, listen to the podcast, you know. <laughs> We're inclusive over here, but yeah, no, yeah, uni's back this week, and uh, it's been okay, just been trying to figure out what modules are happening and stuff, getting used to the, uh, I have 5, 8 a.m., so, you know, that's fun, but. 5, 8 a.m., do you get to pick your schedule, and do you yeah, do that exactly. for yourself? No, no, you do not, you do not get to pick shit, no, they give you your schedule, while you just be happy about you it. You run with it. But yeah, it's going to be a fun semester, you know, 5, 8 a.m., 7 exams, and a dissertation. Whew. It will be fun. I know you'll be there for the exams. I don't know how many AAMs you're actually going to be there for, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you all the truth. Yeah, I had five AAMs last week. I made it to one. <laughs> and that one I got to by 8.20. I didn't get to it at 8 a.m. No, 8.20. And that was me saying, yes, I did it. How many times? That was the first one, right? <laughs> That was the first one, right? That was the first one. No, yeah. On Friday, it was like it was like after missing like five of them oh, in a row. Okay, like, okay. Okay. So that was the guilt. That was the guilt one. That's my limit. Yeah, it was just like, oh, my mom has exactly. paid all the school fees. Might as well. Yeah. Might as well. <laughs> I feel like I'm back to you, bro. Why are they going to five eight a.m.? How does that make sense? Oh, man. How am I supposed to watch any game at all? I can't watch one game. One game goes from twelve to two thirty. True. If I sleep by two thirty, it's really hard for me to be up in time for eight. Wait, you so guys sleep? I'm Chinese guy. I mean, inclusivity, inclusivity. I'm not gonna go down that route. I should be watching. You said we love everybody. Did you just say did you guys sleep? Yeah, you guys sleep, bro. Bull <laughs> is life, bro. I'm on a court till six a.m. Then I take a one hour nap. Now nah, I'm playing. Uh, I have been watching a lot of games though. I've been watching a lot of games till late, and um, bro. Bro, there's been a lot of uh, surprises in the season so far, man. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, one of them that we could we could pretty much just start with the Nets just lost two in a row against the Cavs. Is that boy uh, Young Bull? Yep, Colin Sexton the one of them went off for forty two points, lit Kyrie up because Kyrie was was guarding him for most of the game, especially that um, overtime. Yeah, how did they expect how that's. That's just sad, bro. You can't expect Kyrie Irving to take two weeks off. I come on guard, Colin Sexton. Who, to be fair, was coming back from an injury still, but still. Hey, listen, he's who's so explosive, baby? Who's number two? Ooh. Who's number two is getting retired? Huh? That's the question. <laughs> Colin Sexton's trying to get his number retired over Kyrie's. That's what he's trying to do. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, mm, okay. I mean, he has a long way to go before that, but still. Yeah. For, for Kyrie to come back and a man in... That's his first game um, against the Cavs. Bro, you just um, don't gloss over how he lit him up in the second game too. 11 assists, I think he had. Yo, yo like, the, we, we aren't even over the first game yet. We're, we haven't even gone over the first game yet. He had 20 straight points. 20 straight. Wow, in overtime. Like that was bad in the second overtime. Bro, that's... Whew. Bro, maybe like, if Kyrie... clutch. He told the I whole think... team, come and stop me, and not a single person could produce. Yep. Oh, my days. He said Kyrie, KD, Kevin who? He don't give a fuck. He don't give a... I mean, we, this is a family show, so he doesn't give a flying fox rabbit about anybody. <laughs> I yep. love that mentality, bro. He doesn't give two dead dogs, bro. Kyrie, Kylie, give two whoever, Cavs and two. Cavs and two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe that's how it's going to be with this season, bro. We don't know, man. All these games getting postponed. Uh, yeah. But told James Hardy to go eat some pizza rolls. Told Kevin Durant to go get his hair fixed. and told Kyrie to burn some more sage. Bro, that was so disrespectful. <laughs> I'm not gonna. He went for each and everyone. And while we're talking about that, let's not forget about Torian Prince and Jared Allen, bro. Jared mm-hmm. Allen, bro. Like you could see the pain in his voice in his interview during the game when he when they were talking about him. He was like, "I did not expect the business of the game. Brooklyn is where I made my life and everything. I understand it's a business, but at the same time, I don't get that it's a business." So mm. this man came with a vengeance, bro. Yep. Okay, bro, the way he dunked over some people, the anger yep. he put on that rim, bro. Bro, last night against uh, what's this? uh Joe Harris, put that boy in a poster and turned back and started laughing at him. That's just, that's cold. That's, <laughs> it was like, you guys traded me, watch. Imagine, the, okay, wait, question now. Do you think the Cavs have playoff hopes? I feel like they feel like they do. They probably feel like they do because no, of this weekend. They're seven and seven. They're eight and I don't, seven. I don't think they do, oh, but they're they, eight and seven. Yeah, they must feel like they do because of this weekend. Although I don't think uh, young teams have a, a tendency to just kind of start hot and then cool cool off after a while. And I think that's probably what's, what's going to happen to them. Yeah, but you know what? Of the games that I they have to win. They have games to win against easy teams, bad teams, and good teams. They've won games against good teams. Now they've got more games coming up against the easier teams. Mm. Who knows, bro? If they win them, who knows? But I don't think they will either. I think they're going to end up being... No, but let me tell bad. you why. Let me tell you why I say that they're going to have a good season. Because, first of all, it all starts from that big man, Andre Drummond. That guy is... This is his... This is basically his shopping season. He's selling himself... Because he's not going to stay in the Cavs past the season. Already. They're not going to keep him and Jared Allen together. Um, so he is trying to do his best. He's beasting. So he's doing as good as he's he's doing as good as he wants to. Now Colin Sexton and them boys, they've all come in here with something a big chip on their shoulder. They play hard. Every team that plays hard usually ends up doing something good in the league. And now when you with this trade that they've made, they've brought in some guys who can really shore up their team. Like, my man, Torian Prince, very soon, Chetty Osman is going to be on the bench, bro. Torian Prince is going to be their starter because there's no way you're telling me that he's not better. He's, you're right. He's but such Chetty a Osman. good team player. And he's... 
Chedi Osman is too erratic. No, you're right. You're right. I'm saying Chedi Osman will be good off the bench. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly too, because of the way he attacks and stuff. And then Jared Allen, bro, that guy is making a case that he's gonna be on the all defensive team, bro, because this guy is a he's a presence. He's I'm not gonna lie, it's looking like Rudy Gobert's contract should have gone to him. Wow. Yep. Right now it's looking like that because he can do he, no wait, just listen to me, yeah. He I'm not gonna lie, as good as Rudy Gobert is on defensive end, Jared Allen is just as good and he's better on the offensive end. So what are you telling me? You think so? That's my take. Hot takes. So, so Noble, Noble, my question to you. Where do you rank Jared Allen in centres in the league then? Huh, that's a tough one. Um, Pure centres? Obviously, we have to put... Uh, I would say Embiid would probably be number one right now. Jokic has to be on here lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jokic, oh yeah, Jokic and B, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm um, to, you know what, I'll give it to Jokic actually, because Jokic has, Jokic does way too much, he, he influences the whole game, Jokic and B, Towns, I'm going to put Towns in there, even though he has, yeah, exactly, I know he's injured and everything, but Towns is just a flat out star, um, Bam, and then, oh, you think, um, Bam, but Bam hasn't been as great this season as he was during the bubble, but what standards are we holding mm. right now? What's that? What standards? What standards are you? Like, if you people, if you hold everyone to bubble standards, then TJ Warren's trash, bro. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Th- I think the the bubble was sort of. We spoke about this. Uh, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, um, when Jason Tatum had that interview and he was talking about some guys were just playing different in the bubble. I think TJ One was probably one of those guys where it was perfect circumstance and everything was just perfect, and he was able to have that phenomenal run. Yeah, but I don't, I don't see him continuing it in like for the rest of this year or bringing that kind of performance to the rest of this year. But think, talking about see it. talking about Bam at a bio, yeah, Bam, he was an All Star last year, right? He made the All Star yep. game last year, averaging sixteen, ten, and five. Right, with yeah. a steal and a block, basically. This season he's averaging nineteen nine and five with basically a steal and a block. He hasn't really yeah. regressed at all from last season. If anything, he's he's better now. He's averaging a, he's better from the field this season, shooting sixty percent from the field, and he's better from the free throw line. He's eighty six percent. He was only sixty nine percent last year. Like he's made a jump yeah. offensively. And I don't think he's worse defensively. I don't. I don't see how he's made any regression. He's playing a different position. Last season he played mostly power forward or a lot of power forward. This season he's playing a lot of center. But I think Bam is still ahead of Jared Allen, bro. Yeah, I'll put Bam ahead of Jared Allen. But yeah. then this is my question: Why is Rudy Gobert rated so highly? This is what. This is why I understand why Shaq is clowning him. Why is he rated so highly? I understand he's a defensive presence, but is he really that much more of a defensive presence than, like, Jared Allen, for example? That is my best example. Obama Debayo, who is a really huge, who is passionate. Like, he might not have the length that Rudy Gobert does, but he does it with with action, with movement and stuff. Or, like, yeah. um, even Joel Embiid. But, no, I would say Rudy Gobert is a better defensive player than, than um, Embiid. But he doesn't have any fundamentals. I don't see anything fundamental in this game. His hook shot is 
It is erratic. It doesn't have any go-to move that he does on the offensive end except from the alley-oop, which is someone else setting him up. I agree. Always rely on someone else. You can't say he doesn't have any fundamentals. He has a lot of fundamentals. He doesn't have any post-game. I get that. But the problem is... That's your, if you're a center, you don't have any post game. Is it, when you call when you talk about fundamentals, you mean fundamentals for your position, right? Yeah. You, you, you don't want any other fundamentals. Yeah. So as a center, you should have some way to score the ball in the butt in the bucket. I mean, but that then, doesn't rely on another person. We've seen. Yo, he, do you see his contract, bro? My man is getting forty, almost forty mil. Yeah. Here's the, I think the reason why he he got that contract is because he's. I I don't think. Utah has or is seeing anyone that they can attract yeah, exactly. that can anchor down their defense the way he does. So if... if okay, so, but he's not worth his contract. He's not worth his contract to he's most teams. Match, I think he's right? worth it to, to Utah. He's got a full match, right? I don't think he gets that same contract if he was with like the Clippers or the Bucks or any of the teams that are contending no right now. No but then Utah, you look at Utah, when was the last time Utah was Listen. in like was in the conversation to land a big free agent. Chisholm, how much better do you think Rudy Gobert is right now than DeAndre Jordan was in his prime with the Clippers? I think they might be around the same. Maybe, I think they might be around the same, if honestly. You say, if you're saying they're around the same, DeAndre Jordan never got paid that sort of money. They saw it as, yeah, we want to keep this guy, but if he goes, he was going to go. You know, by league standards, he never, came, he never got a max. He, got, never got a max. he, he almost he did. Like, he got close to it. Remember, remember the, the fiasco with, um, with Dallas? With, with Dallas. He, he got 21 mil that year, I think. That's not a max. Yeah. That wasn't a max then. Then the max was something like 27. Or no, that was like that was just above mid that was above mid level. No, he, wasn't no, no. Getting, he wasn't getting paid star, star money. Like Rudy Gobert is getting paid the star money. Rudy Gobert is getting paid MVP money. Yeah, like that's what, exactly to you to Utah. They must be seeing him as well. This is our life, like our lifeline, pretty much. Maybe not lifeline, but then we're not going to get a player like this in free agency. Um, yeah. Chances are we're not going to be able to trade for someone like this. So we're going to do whatever we need to do to lock this guy up, and yeah. that means giving him a max contract. I don't think he's he would get that money anywhere else but in Utah. But Utah, for like to keep him, they have to give him that. They have to give him that kind of money just so he doesn't leave in free agency. And then now they're stuck starting from ground zero again, trying to build around Mitchell. Well, yeah. Well, bringing it back to the topic, the Cavs. I think yeah. they have playoff hope for the future. I think Sexton's a baller when he wants to be. I think Garland can be in consi- a consistent playmaking point guard, which is something that they need. I think they've got people battling for that three position. Torian Prince isn't that old. He can stay there for a few years. They can convince him that they've got a project going. And Chetty Osman, I think, is a nice backup to solid starter on a good team. And then you've got... I really like Larry Nance Jr. You've still got Kevin Love. Kevin Love can be an asset. He's on too much money, yeah, but he can be an asset. Sometimes people look too much at how much a player is getting paid more than... Kevin Love is just a coach at this point. I'm not going to lie to you. He's looking like he's going to become the next Phil Jackson. Who knows? But, bro, Kevin Love right now, if he can come back from his injury and average 15 and 8 next and season. And stretch the floor. And stretch the floor. Then that's something that's valuable, bro. He's a, he's an older guy. He's a veteran. Yeah. And even though he's getting paid $30 million, yeah, he won't be worth it. But you might as well keep him until the end of his contract to teach these young yeah, guys. Because you can't trade him anyways. Yeah, to teach these young guys. And then you've got a battle at the center. The Cavs have a future. They, they do have a future, and it's looking very good. There is Garland and Colin Sexton. 
This is name got shit. And Jared Allen. That's a young core. Yeah. What do they do with what do they do with Andre Drummond? Do they let him walk or do they trade him? Because the thing is, not many people will give them a lot for him because they know he's a free agent. They don't need a lot though because he was already walking anyways. Yeah, so anything yeah. you can get on top of it is just uh, I think the cherry on the icing on the cake or whatever whatever what, the saying is. What do you is. think the maximum they can get for Drummond is? Maybe a couple of picks, like two, three picks max. Two you second think? rounders in the first. For a free agent? You don't think the team like a team like maybe um the Clippers or maybe uh Portland sees themselves having a problem with Nurkic because of all of his injuries and they want to get some cover. You don't see a team like that offering uh maybe their sixth man or something like that. Maybe uh like- Carmelo. A player like that on the on the Blazers or Covington, you don't see them giving a Covington or something like that. The reason why I don't think they'll give up a Covington or someone of that stature is just because he, like, if he had one more year left on his contract, if he was like a one and one, like a one and a player option, I think they'll keep him. Sorry, they'll give they'll give up more for him. But in this situation, it's literally after the season he he becomes free agent. Mm. So how much am I going to give you for a guy who? could potentially walk after the end of the season. Yeah. Well, yeah. bro... And a lot of good teams don't need a big, like, uh, Drummond who needs the ball in the post. So does Drummond, does, does Drummond end the season as a uh, as a Cavalier? As a, I think so. I think so, unless unless a team just, like, really, really needs a big and... Then you know, it'll be interesting to see where he goes in free agency, man. Yeah. Um... But then, like on the other side of those of that Cavs game, there was the Nets and the Nets defense. Mm. I feel like everyone has been talking about it for the past couple of days, but that defense is porous as hell. Because <laughs> they'll, they'll work it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they'll work it. I think they can work it out. But the problem is, who are the defensive players on the team? Because with every team that has that that's good on defense, you can point out a couple of guys. I'm like, okay, he's a defensive star. He's a defensive star, or at least close to being a defensive like star. The guys who drive, yeah, defensive engines of a team. Every yeah. team needs one. Every championship team needs one. Yeah. Right. So right now, I'm assuming that they're hoping is DJ, but they're not even mm-hmm. paying him enough minutes, minutes to to be that defensive stopper. He can't be that guy, and he's too old to be that guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't have the bounce he once did. So I'm, and he's bullied. He's being bullied a lot, like he. I watch him and he makes me wonder. Like I'm like, is this the same DeAndre Jordan who went to Clippers? I think it's when he went on his vegan diet. I don't know, you know, vegans. I'm not trying to disrespect nobody, but my man went to the vegan diet, slimmed down, and supposed he was supposed to be more athletic, and now he just gets bullied in the paint. Yeah, I mean, centers are bullying him. He's supposed to be a center, but he looks more like a power forward. Drummond and uh, and Allen were eating his food the other day, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm just how can you be? How can you have DeAndre Jordan and then you have rebounding issues? It really, it's not supposed to make sense. They're leaving, they're yeah, leaving him, but that's not leaving, DeAndre Jordan anymore. They're leaving him all on his own. The you can see if you watch the games, you'll see all three of the guys are trying to leak out, bro. Maybe James Harden's trying to stay back for a rebound, but KD and Kyrie are trying to leak out for the transition buckets and stuff like that. They're losing out on their own defensive board. It's not the offensive board they're losing out on. They're losing out on, in that. But that doesn't make sense. So, but it really doesn't make sense because if you think about it, they're so offensively talented that if, no matter what, in every half-court set, 
they would still beat the other team. They'll be the favorites to win every single time to get a good point every single time because of three stars. But bro, so it makes more sense to stay back, box out, make sure you secure the rebound, and then you can go down and initiate your offense and still fuck them up because you have three guys plus Joe Harris and maybe Jeff Green or DeAndre Jordan. Like that's just I'm sorry, but on offense that and two K, no one's allowed to use that team yep. for a reason. Listen, yep. I agree with you, and their defense is porous. They need to work on it. But they aren't gelling offensively yet to the maximum that they can. It's going to take some time. The, even the Heat, when they had their big three, it took some time. It's going to take some time. Yep. The only issue with this right now is that Kyrie's doing erratic behaviors, all of this stuff. James Harden looks happy now. Let's hope it stays that way. And then KD is not really a vocal leader. So James Harden, a guy who's just turned up to the team. Kyrie, a guy who I'm sure, he may have the team's respect and everything, but I'm sure there's at least something, something hovering over his head with regards to what's happened. And then KD, a guy who doesn't talk that much, as much as the leader of your team needs to. It's difficult yeah. to get into a groove straight away, so they're going to take some time. On defense, they are what they are. I don't think they're going to improve much, maybe a bit. But they should be able to outscore their defense on most nights, as you said, Noble. And if they do that, then they'll win. But in playoff basketball, they'll be fine because their defense really suffers in transition, really suffers in transition. There's not that much in yeah. playoff time. In playoff time, when it's when it's five on five, just blocks, you're in one half, then you're in the other, and you're just going through the cycles, it takes time for defences to kind of adapt. Even in the early in the season, yeah. it takes time for defences to adapt. And in the playoffs, they'll be fine. By that time, they should have worked it out. It's just a rough start. It's all right. Yeah. I, th I think it's a rough start, but then when you start looking at potential uh, playoff matchups, uh, one of them that stands out would be the 76ers, who are currently sitting at number one in the East. Um, one... Do you think the 76ers can keep that number one spot the entire season? And two, do you how do you think they fare against, or how do you think the Nets fare against Embiid? Do you remember what my ranking was when, uh, in that episode? I think it was last episode or the episode before. I was just, yeah, I was just listening to you. I think you had uh, the 76ers either at number two or number one. Yeah, I think they're a regular season team, bro. <laughs> I think they're a regular season. I was just gonna thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying because I was just gonna say that, bro. At the end of the day, playoff time, yeah. When you have five players on the court and three of them happen to be Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, except the other team, the only way you're gonna and you can sag off of Ben Simmons. Yeah, so the only way you're going to beat a team like that is with really, really strong principled basketball. Because you're not going to beat them with talent. I'm sorry, that's the most talented team that you're ever going to see in front of you. And the Philadelphia 76ers do not have the principle or defense yet to face that. I mean, they're good and they're relying on Joel Embiid and he's, he's beasting and stuff. But Embiid is a very emotional guy. Let us He hasn't proved it to anyone yet. We haven't seen it pushed against the wall and he's come through. So um, James Harden has done that. Not to the best of abilities. Kyrie Irving has done it to the to the highest level. Kevin Durant has done it to the highest level. So I'm sorry. Come playoff time, I my money is on Brooklyn. All right, but then like just looking at at the 76ers, they actually doing all of this like first place in the 
in the East while like missing out on their starting two guard um, in Seth Curry. And Ben Simmons is actually, this is the lowest usage rate of his career so far. So he's doing a lot less on the court and it's leading to more success. Maybe not a lot less, but significantly less on, on the court and leading to more success for the team. So, I mean, I don't know what that says about him, but then the, their defense looking pretty good, fifth in the fifth in the league, and they're leading the, the league in blocks right now. Mm. So I think I, th- I think maybe they can make that jump to just from just being a regular season team to actually being a really good playoff team. Because I Look, think I if just, they can figure it out, they could be a f- they could be really fun to watch in the playoffs. I might regret saying this at the end of the year, but I think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are a bad combination in the playoffs when it comes to winning games because they just remind me of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry back in the day. Kyle Lowry has had success since then and you can see DeMar DeRozan, he's become a better player since then as well. Like, just together, they're not good because you see every single year, Ben Simmons, is a, it, it's tough to keep him as your primary option in the playoffs so you can't do that because people will just sag off, give you space, clog up the paint. You could even run it one of the few teams in the NBA that you can run a zone defense against is the Sixers. Because you can just leave the top of that key pretty much open most of the time. And you can run. And because of that, that clogs the lane and that makes it so much harder for Embiid to do anything. It's just not a good combination because even then, when Embiid tries to do too much, you can see the sweat all dripping down his forehead in the games and shit. <laughs> and then he starts jacking up threes and clanging them front, right, left. Anywhere but the middle. Listen, I love Embiid, but when the pressure's on and the threes are flying, that's every player has their settle mode. That's kind of his settle mode. That means he's completely settled and he's just he's basically heaving them. And he goes into that way too much. You need you need a more composed player to get you through those situations. And if you don't have that player, like the Nuggets don't have that individual comp- player that they just rely on. Like, you can say it's Jokic, but then Jamal Murray does just as much in clutch moments. So, yeah. they divide and conquer. But for that to happen, you need players who complement each other. And I don't think they have that. Yeah. So, as I said, I was reading something the other day and someone asked, how much better is is uh, Ben Simmons than prime Draymond Green? And I know the initial reaction, you want to say Ben Simmons is definitely <laughs> better than prime Draymond Green. Yeah. But yeah. then, nah, Prime Green is better. Nah, it's better. I don't know if he's better, but then it just the he can shoot three. The fact that he can shoot, <laughs> and he did it with a backpack on. <laughs> like that's the only thing that I'm just like, if Ben could actually. Anything Ben Simmons could do, Dream, Prime Dream Green could do, and he could shoot threes, bro. You don't tell me nothing. No, Prime Dream Green heart and soul of their of their legendary season. Prime Dream Green can't handle the ball and slash the way that Ben Simmons can. Ben Simmons can create yeah. his shot at the rim. Draymond Green isn't really. He doesn't do. It I mean, way. no, but I mean, sorry, sorry, let me, okay, let, let, let me let me re- let me re- restate that. In a team setting, who is more valuable to a team? Prime Dream Green. Who would I want in a team? So, okay, hold up. If you put Ben Simmons in place of Prime Dream and Green on that Warriors team, we're just going to like a two minute, a, a quick tangent here. If you put uh, Ben Simmons on that Warriors team, 
with Steph, Clay, and let, let's say Harrison Barnes, not KD. Do you think it's like it's still as good? Seventy-four and, and eight. Do you think that was seventy-four and eight? <laughs> seventy-four and eight. One more. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen. They'd just be better, bro. They'd be a better team. You can say seventy-four and eight. You can say seventy-five and seven. Whatever you want to say, they'd be a better team. That's all that I know. Because the thing is, yeah, Ben Simmons can't shoot. But Ben Simmons does what Draymond Green does when it comes to playmaking. But then, if he doesn't yeah. have an option, Draymond Green would jack up a jumper. And yeah, he was making them back in those days. But even then, it was not a shot that you wanted to see. And that says a lot. Ben Simmons will put it on sure. the floor and he will get his bucket at the rim. He'll dunk it. He'll do something. And you don't understand how big these things... He, he can make big momentum plays. He can make plays that in the playoffs... If you, that's why I said Ben Simmons isn't a bad playoff player. He's a bad playoff player with Embiid, because if you put him on that Warriors team where he do, it doesn't matter that he doesn't provide spacing, because even if they double off of him, he will drive in and dunk on you. True. Yeah, I, th- I think Ben Simmons is better. Is it was just like a weird like thought experiment, just because Ben Simmons, as as good as he's advertised to as being right now. Mm-hmm. There's just something that's missing. Or maybe not something that's missing. I, I just don't feel like he's improved very much since his rookie year. I agree with that. Yes, his feel for the game is amazing, but then it's pretty much been amazing since his college days. Mm-hmm. His rebounding, his passing, like those gifts like he's had since he came into the league. But then if you're talking about, you know, like what's what new skills, what what have you added to your game since you got into the league? And yes, you've gotten stronger. You've gotten a little better on defense, but like offensively, you haven't had like you haven't added anything to your, to your existing package. And I agree like, with you, bro. I think I said something similar in the last episode or in one of the previous episodes because we were talking about Ben Simmons, and I, I've had this feeling for a while that he's he's been stagnant, and I don't know if that's because sounds crazy, but I don't know if that's because he reached his ceiling or if it's because he just doesn't have the drive to improve. Because the thing is, in this rookie year, he came in averaging, I think it was 17, 8, and 8 or something like that. And more than numbers, the impact he had on the game, I think he has a very, very similar impact on the game now. I don't think that's changed very much. So it's hard for me to look at him in a different light. I think Ben Simmons does pretty much exactly the same thing in a game of basketball right now that he did about four years ago, three years ago, when he was drafted. More or less, yeah. He's just a little bit, maybe slice, maybe um, cleaner with like the cuts and stuff and the finishes and stuff. Yeah. But it's more or less the same. I don't know if that's because he's on the drive or if that's because with the game that he has and his inability to shoot threes or shoot anything for that matter, he just, he's reached his ceiling, bro. It happens sometimes. Honestly, I think if he doesn't develop a jumper, maybe he has. Because if you look at his point total, points, rebounds, total, it's like 15, 16, 16, and this year 12. Um, rebound totals, 8, 8, 7, 8. Assist totals, 8, 7, 8, 8. It's like literally this guy has just been as consistent as possible for the past four years. But then that also means no improvement for the last four years. So... I mean, 
He has to shoot, bro. He really has to. I mean, it's you're a basketball player, and that's one of the biggest parts of basketball shooting, especially at the point at the guard position. Mm. You have to mm. on some level, bro. And if you're not, you have to be so much better at what you're doing than what you are. Like you can't be giving us these numbers that you're doing. Yeah. Because come playoff time, you, you just you need that extra dimension to your game. It doesn't have to be amazing mm-hmm. to start. It just has to at least mm-hmm. be there. Because Draymond Green... Yeah, because imagine, people, if people know what you're going to do, they're just going to sag off you. Yeah. Because back when we, we, we were talking about the like him comparing him to Draymond Green a little bit, it's like with Draymond, you could sag off him, but at the very least, you know he will take the shot. Even like he he shot at a good percentage, but even now he's not shooting a great. But then you know he'll still shoot. So like you just still have to kind of respect the pump fake a little bit. But with with Ben, there's there's just nothing there. Going from the top of the east to the top of the west, we're looking at Utah. Uh, yeah. A few episodes ago, me and Vino were clowning Utah. Maybe not clowning. We, we, we were skeptical about Utah. Not sure if they were gonna make the playoffs, and now they're sitting at number two. Uh, like. Can anyone explain to me exactly what the fuck is going on in Utah? Is Rudy Gobert? <laughs> Rudy, Rudy. Nah, actually, it's more of it's more of a done of a Mitchell, I swear to God. Nah, they're just they're a good team. Mitchell, bro. They're, they're a regular season team as well. They can enjoy themselves. Oh, <laughs> Yo, why is about so aggressive in this label? <laughs> yeah, everyone's a regular season team, man, except for the Knicks. Nah, the Knicks, Knicks are, are a regular season team as well. You think we're gonna do anything in the playoffs? We're gonna get clapped. So, but then the only reason why I don't think Utah is a, my, or the reason I'm doubting that they're a regular season team is just because of what Donovan Mitchell did his rookie year against OKC with Westbrook and Paul George. Hey, hey, hey okay, no. <laughs> why you just like to use my team as a reference? It was just so many phenomenal moments. So many phenomenal moments at a time. Isn't that the one that broke off, um, broke up their first uh, attempt at a big three after KD leaves? And then they sent them packing and they sat like bombs at home watching the rest of the playoffs on TV. Yeah, it, it was the first crack because then the second one was the... Uh... Hey, I have a question, though. I have a question. Yeah. That season, what about your teams? Where was the Lakers and the Knicks that season? Lakers that season? Oh, we 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 had injuries to LeBron. Oh, he's so waffling. We, we yeah, he's waffling. He's waffling. Okay. H- however, yeah, exactly, exactly. Your your niggas didn't even make the playoffs. Why you out here making comments? I'm I'm just. Why you out here making? I, I was trying to prove a point about Utah. And the you took is, this pre- <laughs> The Knicks lived up to the expectations that were set for them. Your mm. team did not live up to the expectations that were set for you. Yeah, multiple times. And now, and now, look, look, look at what what was supposed to be a big three is now is now with the net. Come on, imagine you, you could have had Presti. those guys on your team, on your team in Presti. We trust, yes. <laughs> now look at you. <laughs> Okay, it wasn't our fault. Okay, the only trade that we fucked up in was the James Harden one. We didn't take it out. But I mean, everything else, it just it just happened the way it did. Baby, Yo, it's a new year. It's a new year. I want to stop cheating on you. Please take me back. This is OKC fans right now. To, to, 
<laughs> to KD's burner accounts. You know, if if KD wanted to sign with Christie right now, you take him. In the middle of his head. You take him back still. Island pat in the middle of his head. I am what they watch. Yo, even even if he passes through like fifteen teams, he still you still want him back. Yo, Mm-mm. but you know what? Lou Dort is actually is, is turning into a baller, bro. Yeah, I think he could be the yeah, next. Uh, I think he's the next. Ooh, 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 wow, wow, wow. I'm sorry, man. Who are your god the dicks for you to make all this kind of noise? I mean, you have to have a reason. Where's your confidence coming from? RJ who? RJ Barrett. RJ who? He would be. The big three? The big three? Who's the big three? The big three of Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, and Julius Randle, bro. Yo, that's, that's the big three in the East that everyone should be talking about. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tough. That's the real team in New York. Don't forget, Alex Burks is coming back now. He's coming up, I guess six six fouls in five minutes. <laughs> it's fine. Alex Burks is on twenty points and rolling that cool. I'm sitting out for another twenty games. Yeah, that man's injury history. Post up Snapchat videos, get sixteen points, and then never we go never hear from him again. Listen. Yeah, you guys are just media. You guys are just media highlights, bro. All you do is do one highlight every five games, so people don't forget the Knicks, and then y'all disappear again. Kobu, for the first time, I can say the success. My team's gonna be the playoffs this year. Your team is not. Watch it. <laughs> Your team is not gonna be in the playoffs, bro. I'll say that with chess. and I also say this with chess. This is gonna win a ring for New York. Okay, so he's going to want to ring the control chest. Okay, cool. Yes. Say no more, bro. Are you trying to go? Are you trying to sabotage right. the Knicks? Bro? I, don't, okay. I don't know why your leg is at over there. Just over there. Just look at us nibbling down on us. Are, are, you, are you trying to sabotage the Knicks? Bro? Go not, like, yo, yo, this shit for like 20 years. Wait, hold up. The, Laker, the Lakers win uh, two rings every 10 years, bro. Just think about it. Two, at least two rings every ten years. Listen, we're not here to talk about our own favorite. So, team. Uh, we're, not, we're not here to talk about our own favorite yeah. teams. No one, no one wants to hear about the Lakers. Okay, no, 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 no one wants to hear about uh, about wins and victories and no, all no, that kind of stuff. Okay. Championships. Okay. Right. Okay. No one, no, no, bro, you're boring. We'll, we'll return to, to to the regular. Season. <laughs> <laughs> we'll return to our, our regular scheduled programming, and and I guess. This is the second time we've tried to talk about Utah, and it's just not—it's not catching. But I guess on bro, to the next thing, because Utah's a regular season team, bro. They're regular, <laughs> and I think in the playoffs they're gonna get to the second round and they're gonna get bounced. They don't have what—they don't have what they need yet. Matt Conley isn't the point guard that they need. They have a center. Rudy Gobert's getting paid too much, but he's a good player in the end of the day. Donovan Mitchell is a great scorer to have in there. They still have Boyan Bogdanovic, if I'm not wrong. He's a nice little player to have at the three. They need to find a proper, consistent two. Right now, they have Jordan Clarkson, right? Uh, I think Jordan Clarkson come off the bench, and they have Ingles. 
Ingles. The two. See, that's that's a good solid lineup. All they need, the only thing they need is one, um, one probably power forward on their team. Paul Millsap. Yeah, I know they have Paul Millsap, but I don't. No, no, no. Millsap is on the Nuggets. What am I doing? Sorry, yeah. I I don't think that they have what they need at the power forward spot because right now, who do they have there? I don't know. Royce, no, nah, it's not Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal is a small forward. Nah, exactly. They need a they need a front court partner for Rudy Gobert. Even if they get Blake Griffin, I think that's an asset. I think Blake Griffin can do a job there. But they need someone there. Griffin? No. Blake Griffin. Space. Blake Griffin can space I mean, enough. Yeah, Who? but uh, I don't know. Do you want to take on Blake Griffin's contract though? He's only got two years left, right? No, that's too much on the book. Yeah, he's only got two years left, right? And if you're if you go into win now mode, you take two years of Blake Griffin and see what happens. It's not that bad. Yeah, but then if it doesn't work out, are you going to be able to uh, move that contract after a year? But bro, you have to take risks. Otherwise, you risk losing the window that you have with these players. True. Very true. Paul Millsap is not in the same. Paul Millsap is not in the same timeline as these players, but he's not good enough to accelerate their timeline either. I think Blake Griffin might be just about good enough to move their window up a little bit and make them just about good enough to be contenders. Not Maybe if it's not Blake Griffin, it could be someone like a, a... Even a Larry Nance Jr., they get someone like that off the bench. They just need some strength at the four. I mean, I like the, I like the Larry Nance Jr. Um, suggestion just because... I think he brings enough of what they need. So, like, a four that could space the floor, is good on defense, just has his hands everywhere. He's leading the league in deflections this year. Um, mm-hmm. So, he's just – I think he could he could be just what they need. Now, will Cleveland give him up? I mean, that's to be uh, – They were about to trade him a couple of times already. Yeah. I don't think they really have – I mean, I, well, I don't know. Let's see. Now they're trying. Now they think they have playoff, playoff hope. So it might be different. Yeah. Delusional. I mean, and also the the Denver Nuggets are beginning to to get going. They've finally gotten back Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I expect them to be good. Yeah, and they are not like they out of their last ten. I believe they're seven and three. So they lost Jeremy Grant. That's the, gonna the be Nuggets a big are. Deal. They're getting back into form. They've lost Jeremy Grant and they're trying to replace him now. Michael Porter Jr. is filling a lot of those minutes. And yep. now that he's back, that's a big, big thing for them now. Before they could afford him being out, because remember he was out for a whole year before with them. Because they had other players in that position, they've lost some of their depth there. They need him. But they've got him back now. So I think they're going to be good. They're going to make it second round, yeah. conference finals maybe. They'll be fine. But Lakers are going to win the West. Yeah, I think they, they do similar to, to what they did last year in terms of yeah. um, that deep playoff run, especially if they get some good matchups too in the first in, in that first round. Mm. I mean, I don't think I don't think any team is is looking forward to, to facing Denver anyways. I don't think a team mm. is like, oh yeah, we, we want Denver. It's just, no, it, not it's, it's not a matchup you want. But you know what? Let me let me give you something. Maybe this will uh, link with our with our next um, our next topic of discussion as well, and that's the the return of Kristaps Porzingis. Because I think the Mavericks are a really good matchup for the Lakers. Because think about it, they've got a solid power forward to match up with AD. 
that's a Pozingas AD is a very interesting matchup. Pozingas has bulked up a little bit. AD will get him physically, but Pozingas has better range. And Pozingas can do more off the bounce than AD can. He's going to be a problem for AD to guard. And Luca and LeBron is an interesting matchup. Even though LeBron will mess up Luca, like Luca will not be able to guard LeBron. Tim Hardaway Jr. probably will have to be on LeBron. But LeBron's going to guard Luca most likely. Yeah. And I think them going back and forth at each other is really interesting as well. I think they probably have, out of the other teams in the West, I think the Mavericks have the best chance. I still think that like the, the best matchup against the Lakers might still go to the Clippers. Um, just because Kawhi, Paul George, they have a couple of bigs. But then definitely the Mavericks also like are a threat there just because another like they've got a playmaker like a, an amazing playmaker in in uh Luca. They've mm. got shooters around him. They've got uh they've got the big in in Porzingis that could take over if Luca goes off the floor. It's just mm-hmm. I, I need I need to see Porzingis in in more games and just be more healthy. Maybe not be more healthy but like cuz I mean he can't control that personally. But I yeah. think I just need to. I need to see more of him to, to see to, more. I yeah. get that. As a Knicks to, fan, however much I hate that guy because he left us and it's sad. He is a very, very, very good power forward in the league. He's probably one of the top four, top three power forwards in the league, and yep. if not top two, maybe by the end of the season you'll be able to see maybe. But I believe in him. I think him and Luca is deadly. And I think the fact that they've got Tim Hardaway Jr. there, who's now just now trying to show a bit more consistency. And who do they have running the point? Um, honestly, Luca I don't even know. Luca runs point, but I don't know who they just have. You know, I like Jalen Brunson too. I like. Yeah. They, they have Maxi Kleber still. Uh, yeah. I and like. They, um, what's this guy's name with the dreads? Willie Collie Stein. Yeah, I was going to say, they've got good strength in the front court alongside Pozingis yeah. with Corley Stan as well. It's, yeah. They've got a very good, well-assembled team and I think that they've got potential this season. They could win yeah. a championship if they really get a, a lucky... Not lucky, you, but if they know, go I, on a historic run. Yeah. I was watching the uh, the JJ Reddick podcast, the, the Old Man and the Three. Yeah. And he had uh, JJ Berea on there. Yeah. And JJ Barea was talking about how he he so far he doesn't take, think Luca takes the the game seriously, and he was like, mm. yeah, like he's still eating like like a teenager would. He's I don't think he like he focuses as much as he should in in like film study, and like he was just like mentioning like so many areas for growth for Luca, and he's like, that's when he's he'll be ready to take the next step, and I was like. Bro, he hasn't taken the next step yet. So like yeah. now I'm like kind of scared because if this is him, if this is how he's playing while quote unquote not taking it seriously, bro, Lucas, like he's already a problem. I can only imagine how much more of a problem he'll be in a yeah. But then you got a question: years. Why is he not taking it seriously? It's just he's a young European, bro. It's just what it is. Like the same same thing happened with um, uh, Dirk when he first came. It was like you're coming from Europe, bro. Like you, you're chilling, you, you're by the beaches. There's no such thing as like a real winter, you know. And then now you're over here. Yeah. You, you're still schooling all these old men, anyways. It's Actually, just Luca when you're ready to take that leap. 
Yeah. Luca knows about Roll so Winters. <laughs> True. Yeah, but it's just like the, the lifestyle is different, like the mentality is different. And I assume once you get older and you if he doesn't win a championship, you know, next two, three years, or maybe not two, three, like four or five years, and now there's that push from everyone and push from management to, to win the championship now. Or once you get into that win now mode, then it's like maybe that's when he takes that next step and you just see those insane numbers and yeah, I'm I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. That's dope, bro. Yeah. Um, I mean, in other like smaller news, the the Raptors let go of Alex Len. Uh, so Alex Len is I, he's there for someone now. Some one yeah. good team is gonna take him. Maybe the Clips should take him. Oh, the the Wizards already picked him up, but oh, they already picked him up. Yeah. Oh goddamn. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, I, I think the Raptors might make a move just because they they just cleared open a roster spot by letting go of Len. Yeah. So because he wasn't a like a a, a a veteran minimum deal. So yeah. The fact that they they let him go, I think they might be they might be looking to to make a trade sometime soon. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you guys have any any other topics to to get into, or should we do the the uh, random team updates? No, not really. But the Knicks, are, the Knicks are um, the Knicks are winning. That's the start and the end of that topic. Just go say the Knicks are winning, <laughs> and I said from the start of the year they're gonna make the playoffs. I'm gonna say it every episode until it happens. We're gonna be a playoff mm. team. Now, I wanted to talk about the Chicago Bulls. Because not a lot of people are talking about them. They were supposed to be trash, trash. And right now they're sitting at seven and eight. They're, they're being competitive. They've won three in a row. Uh, Zach Levine is averaging 27. Wendell Carter is balling out. Kobe White is having a good year. I think the, uh, I think the Bulls are one of the biggest um, what-ifs. Not what-ifs, like... One of the biggest um, scenarios that we're going to watch going forward, because I mm. think Larry Markkinen is a, he's a very good player. Like he's having a good season. He's almost 50, 40. He's 50, 40, 85 from the uh, shooting splits pretty much. Wow. And he's averaging 19 and seven. And then Kobe White's averaging 16 and six. So yeah. they are players who before were underperforming are now performing. That's Wendell, that's Laurie, that's Kobe White. And Zach Levine stepped up his game a little bit as well. I think they might be a problem when it comes to the lower end of the playoff teams, but we'll see. Who, which team have you have you chosen to speak about? I guess uh, I, I picked Memphis. Right. Yeah, and for me, it was just like looking at the start of the season. They started off the season slow as hell, but mm-hmm. right now they're currently on a five-game win streak, and you look at their team. The, the people that they have performing, you've, you've got like your, you still have Ja Morant there, obviously. Mm. Who, I mean, everyone knows who Ja is, or if you don't know who Ja is, just amazing second year player, one rookie of the year last year. You've got Dillian Brooks and Valanchunas, and like those are the names that you kind of expect. Okay, mm. like, and then you've got Brandon, Brandon Clark, who is a second year player as well. Last year, I was reading on him, reading up on him. Last year, he made sixty percent of his floaters, and he's a center. I don't yeah. know how a center is hitting floaters at that percentage. It's fucking insane. No, Brandon a, Clark is a baller. 
A seven footer hitting floaters at that at that rate is insane. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've got Xavier Tillman, who I was reading like in an article they were describing him as the next Jamon Green, and watching mm. him play is actually insane because this guy. He makes those kind of quick decisions that you expect from Draymond yeah. and, and passes of that nature. And he's yeah. a very, very similar body type. Only thing is he's just way more athletic than Draymond is. Yeah. Um, and he's shooting it pretty decently from deep. He's guarding anywhere from the two to the five. And then you've got this kid, Desmond Bain, who's a rookie and is shooting 48% from three. Mm. It's just like ungodly you still have Good Tyus job. Jones uh, coming off the bench to maintain it though I mean I don't at some point they're still missing Jaron Jackson yeah they're still missing Jaron Jackson they still got Jason uh Grayson Allen there giving shooting you know 36% from deep and Gorgie Jeng Gorgie Jeng is shooting 44% from three which makes no sense which so some of those yeah, numbers I, ex- <laughs> I expect to come down to earth or, or, or like regress to some kind of mean but at least for now, they are. They seem to just be on a hot, hot on a white hot streak. Mm. And I, I assume when Jaron Jackson comes back, that'll probably give them another jump. Um, so, you know, if they're able to maintain the streak for a little longer and then they get that extra boost from Jaron Jackson, maybe they might be able to propel themselves into the playoffs. And, you know, at that make the playoffs, I don't think they'll be able to knock out, you know, a one or a two seed. But then they're definitely a good team to watch on a, a night where there's you know three four games and you know none of the none of the top teams are playing that night. So I'll definitely put yeah. on a on a Fact. Memphis game. Yeah. Fact. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately, we're not able to have Noble with us to, to close out the show. He's he's got some toothaches going, and we all know how fucking annoying and painful those could be. So. Um, yeah, wishing him the best. He should be, hopefully he's back with us. Well, he should be back with us next week. Um, yeah. But from Vinu, Chisom, and on behalf of Noble, thank you very much for, for joining us on this episode of Pump Fakes and Hot Takes. Vinu, do you have any last words for us as we depart? Not really, bro. I said my last words earlier. The Knicks are winning. Playoffs, baby. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for joining us, guys, and have an amazing week. <laughs>